sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk. And on this episode, we've got news about former Tigers Michael Porter Jr. and Marcus Golden. Plus, I've got some rule changes that I would like to implement in our lovely game of college football. Well, really, one is an actual rule change, and another is just more of a a clarification of a rule and a more tight interpretation of said rule. But you know what? First, we got some somewhat breaking and very important news to get to today, and that's that fall camp for college football has been moved back, at least for the SEC, that is, to August 17th. So 10 more days in order to get this football season going, along with, well, the previously mentioned moving the start of the regular college football season back to September the 26th. Now, I guess this shouldn't be seen as a huge surprise because it certainly seems like the wisdom from the NCAA, if we can call it that, is that we're just going to delay this season as long as we possibly can, see how things go with the NBA, baseball, and really more importantly, the National Football League. Because obviously not only just because of the sport itself, but indeed how is the NFL going to handle fans? How is it all going to work? Testing? What does it look like? What is the public reaction to all of this? Well, it just seems to me that the NCAA is wanting the NFL to be the canary in the coal mine. Because at first, I thought, you know, it would make some sense to allow a bigger window, more off days during this preseason period here, in order to get in the proper amount of practices and allow for the kinds of, uh, frankly, adjustments to things that are going to happen. You know, positive tests are probably inevitable, let's be honest. I mean, people are, are touting, again, that the, the bubble in the NBA is working rather well, well, clearly there's not going to be an actual bubble for the entire nation of college football. So one way or another, people are going to start testing positive. So the question becomes, do we then cancel the games? Do we cancel everything? Do we sit out an entire group of uh, an entire position group? Is that what we're going to do? To me, there's still just so many more questions to be answered than that we actually have answers. But we do have some answers because, well, there are actually going to be fewer practices than we expected, but a few more days off than what it originally would have been, say, if COVID had never happened. Essentially, there's going to be 25 practices. You're going to have, again, starting on the 17th of August, teams are going to be allowed those 25 practices with a limit of 20 hours per week to practice, But also starting Friday and up until this practice period begins, teams will be permitted to conduct 14 hours of strength and conditioning meetings and walkthroughs. So, I know, interesting for me, if I were a coach, I'd be going, now wait, I can use these 14 hours however I want because if I think it's best for my team to spend seven hours a week lifting and seven hours doing walkthroughs but doing no meetings whatsoever is that an option for me or does it all have to be divided equally it seems like there's some wiggle room there and as a coach I don't know if I were a first year coach how do you prioritize that because again just getting into your offense getting your offense installed it's going to be difficult 
It's going to have to take a month, basically, assuming that this season actually starts, right? And I guess that's the next thing that we should get to because, boy, this is really starting to feel like one of those three, four-hour airline delays where instead of telling you immediately, hey, it's going to be four hours, sorry, folks, instead they break it off into 30-minute, maybe one-hour increments and say, folks, uh, we're sorry, it's going to be another 30 minutes here on the delay on your flight to Charlotte, North Carolina from St. Louis, Missouri, but... Yeah, the reason they do that is obviously it's psychological. People are a lot more likely to accept a 30-minute delay than they are a four-hour delay. The airlines don't want a mutiny on their plane or in their in the aisles of the airport. That's for darn sure. So it, it's just I, – I, you guys know I'm an optimist. You know this. You know I like to be the optimistic guy. You know for months now I've been saying there really should be no reason – that a bunch of young, in-shape college kids can't at least play football without fans in the stands. But you know what? The reality is, is I'm feeling less and less confident on that every day. It doesn't really matter what I think because I'm not in charge. And the reality is, is the University of Connecticut, the Huskies, just became the first football bowl subdivision team i.e. Division One for all you old folks like me out there, the first FBS team to cancel their season. Now, part of that probably has to do with the fact that UConn is an independent team. If they, had a, if they were still in the Big East, for instance, the old Big East, the old football Big East, or even the American Athletic Conference, whatever it might be, I doubt they would have made that decision so quickly, or they would have been the first program to do so. But obviously, if, if there's a team out there that's willing to do this, it sure seems like when one does it, dominoes start falling. So I'm just really getting worried. And then you see stories like this, this tweet from, from Brett McMurphy, who's a national college football writer. And according to WatchStadium.com, again, this is from Brett McMurphy, nearly three-quarters of Idaho's football team does not want to play this fall because of COVID health concerns. An anonymous player said this will get drastically worse as the season progresses. We've been neglected by the NCAA in terms of wealth over health. So again, what part of that that I just said made you confident that college football is going to happen? And then on top of that, you've got players from the Pac-12 and now even the Big Ten players, I think they just released. I didn't have time to read the whole piece, but there's now a piece in the Players' Tribune expressing their concerns about COVID and I'm sure social justice and whatever it might be and, and certainly compensation for playing college football. So with all this happening at the same time, it's not looking great, is it? It's just really not looking great. I wish I had better news for you, but you know what? Here on Locked on Mizzou, we're just going to push forward and keep talking about this upcoming season and assume that it happens until it doesn't, quite frankly. But fortunately, and I truly, truly do mean fortunately, especially in the case of basketball, we do have some sports back. We've got the NBA, and we've got the offseason in football, and well, technically we've got baseball going still for now. We'll see how long that happens. Poor Yadier Molina. And you know what? Speaking of those sports, I want to talk about Michael Porter Jr. 
and Marcus Golden after the break. By the way, one thing this whole COVID period, this whole lockdown, shutdown, whatever you want to call it, has made me realize is how much the sports world keeps me on track as far as the calendar goes. Because as I'm driving, as I drove to my office today and I'm driving by Faro Field, coming downtown, heading north on Providence, I just feel totally discombobulated right now. What in the world is going on? Because this is always the time of year where you're just counting down the days until college football. And yet, I don't know how many days to count down anymore. See, we, we've now changed it to the 27th. I think it's quite possible we push this thing back again. The NBA is happening in August. I, I'm just so utterly confused. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, I love basketball. I absolutely love the game. And see, I'm not just a lot of times, you know, I'm a tall guy, fairly tall person. And, you know, the, the, the tall guy or the tall girl, people always ask the obvious question Do you play basketball? And if you don't play basketball, as a friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine, who's even taller than I am. Well, he was never a basketball guy, and I know he gets annoyed with that question. Well, I'm not that guy. I'm actually the tall guy who just genuinely happened to love the game. So that's who I am, for the record. And you know what? I think you could say the same thing about former Tiger Michael Porter Jr. And he definitely had his best game as a pro the other night, put up 37 points, and 12 rebounds, shot 75% from the field. Just a tremendous outing for Mr. Porter. And, and quite honestly, I've said this before, it's true for this year, and it's especially true moving forward for the Nuggets. He is their X factor. Now again, maybe not this year, because I'm not so sure that the Nuggets truly are a contender this season. But moving forward, next season, the year after, they need that true second superstar to go along with Nikolai Jokic. And to me, Michael Porter Jr. still has that in him. You just got to give it some time. And obviously, he's got to stay healthy. We all know that. But please keep in mind that this kid has barely, and I mean barely, played basketball above the high school level. I mean, his coach Mike Malone up in Denver says sometimes the game is moving too fast for him. Well, obviously. I mean, that's totally understandable. Here's a guy who played about, what, a game and a half of college basketball in total, maybe two games, something like that. Of course the game's going to be moving too fast for him. Have you seen how fast the NBA game moves these days? Yeah, it's going to take him some time to adjust. And honestly, if there's one thing, certainly we've heard about Michael Porter's defense. You know, maybe he gets, again, a young guy who sat out all of the previous season along with barely playing in college. We've heard a lot about how he gets lost on defense. Well, to me, really watch his rebounding. Again, that 12 rebounds. For a guy who's six foot ten and as athletic as he is, if he just brings that kind of effort every single night, I don't see any way that Malone can keep him off the floor. Coach Malone, that is. I mean, seriously, how can you keep a guy who's that talented off the, off the floor offensively who's just crashing the glass, too, and going to get that ball? I mean, really, you'll forgive some defensive lapses when you've got a guy who's that tall, that talented, and if he busts his hump on the glass, man, I'm telling you, that guy still has a chance to be an all-star, without question. By the way, speaking of MPJ, Mr. Porter Jr., 
He also got himself into somewhat of a controversy about a week ago when he made some remarks on his Snapchat account about, well, he was basically not down. Number one, he was a bit of an anti-vaccine guy, it appears. He's saying, well, I've never been vaccinated before and all this stuff, so I'm not so sure about any type of COVID-19 vaccination. He also talked about how this thing may be used by politicians to seize more central control and that kind of deal. And well, as far as those two <laughs> thoughts go, I, I, I agree a little bit more with the latter. That's for sure. I, I think there is some some idea of there's definitely some people licking their chops to grab more control. I don't I don't really have a lot of doubt about that. But I'm definitely not an anti-vaccine guy. But having said that, I got to be honest. Since we're down in Orlando in the bubble and we're all deciding to put some sort of political message on the back of our jerseys. I got to be honest, no matter what you think about Michael Porter Jr., I would have absolutely loved it if he just leaned in and put no vaccinations on the back of his jersey. I'm sorry, I would have laughed. I just would have. I, I love when people take controversial stances, even if I don't agree with them. I'm sorry. It just makes me happy. I like when uh, people get their feathers ruffled a little bit when it comes to opinions. And frankly, we need more of that in our modern society because, boy, our feathers are awfully easily ruffled. By the way, if Kyrie Irving was down in the bubble, he's not there, right? Well, the Nets are down. I think Kyrie's injured. But, you know, if Kyrie was down there, if he said the earth is flat on the back of his jersey, I would suddenly become a big Kyrie Irving fan again. Come on, just lean into it. Tell us what you really think, even if your ideas are completely kooky. I'd love it. And coming up, I've got news about a guy who played quite a bit more for the Tigers than Mr. Porter Jr., and that's one of our favorites, Marcus Golden. I'll have that right after the break. So Marcus Golden, last season, played on a one-year, what many in the industry call a prove-it deal for the New York Giants. Well, presumably he proved it last season with 10 sacks, but Unfortunately for Marcus, had to end up settling for a one-year deal that will ultimately be worth about $5.1 million. And of course, $5 million, nothing to turn your nose up at. But quite honestly, I was expecting expecting him to get a multi-year contract worth more than that from another team. And I'm guessing that the New York Giants themselves are probably pleasantly surprised that they got Marcus back on the rarely used undrafted free agent tender and you know if you look at spot track or maybe is it sport track spot no it's spot track that's right <laughs> so spot track is probably the biggest site most well-known site on the internet that tracks professional sports contracts well they also give their guesstimate based on what other people similarly productive people at their positions get and their guess was that Marcus Golden is worth about $13.5 million, which is, of course, more than twice what he got or what he's going to get in this 2020 season. Now, again, considering Golden got 10 sacks last year, and that was his fifth season in the NFL with at least 10 sacks, I immediately thought, well, gee, what, what could I be missing here? It sure seems like guys that get after the quarterback, especially in this era, are super-duper valuable, right? So maybe he just happened to get to the quarterback 10 times, but other than that, he wasn't getting enough hurries and pressures? 
That could be. I'd have to dive into the pro football focus numbers, which I quite honestly don't subscribe to because I'm not an NFL analyst, but I'd be interested to see that. However, if I had to guess, I'd have to say that really Golden was had to have been cost money by COVID-19 because, well, there were no spring workouts. If you're an un, if you're a unrestricted free agent, then you couldn't travel around to various different cities and places people were interested in in working you out and they couldn't really come to you either. It just wasn't the same. Again, obviously the weirdest off season that we've ever had. And the deal is back in 2017, Marcus Golden did miss an entire season with a torn ACL. And he was also limited to 11 games the following year in 2018 with ankle problems. But you know what? When you're two years removed from that ACL, as Marcus was last year, he really showed out, again, got his 10 sacks. But I just think that, again, because of that ACL, because of the ankle problems a couple years ago, I just have to assume that the teams just didn't want to take that medical risk, what they thought was medical risk, on a guy that they couldn't actually check out and see work out in person and actually get their personal team doctors to look at. So, Unfortunately, that may have cost Marcus, I don't know, $8 million bucks this year and possibly a few more down the road with a longer-term deal. But, you know, obviously the guy's a millionaire. I think he's, by all accounts, the guy's got a good head on his shoulders. So I'm sure he's not, you know, going to exactly be begging for money in the streets anytime soon. I'm sure Marcus is doing pretty darn well in life, considering. But at the same time, again, i just like to point out this is just one of the many costs of the shutdowns of COVID-19. So let's just let's not act like there aren't problems with shutting down. Or that there aren't side effects, I should say. Let's just all acknowledge reality. And hey, you know what? As I'm looking down at my clock here, I realize I'm running a bit short on time. So why don't we push my discussion on changing up the football rules until the next episode. So until next time. I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.